Howdy, listener. What we have here is hops and box office flops, our little slice of heaven, nestled in the cleavage of Chumpzilla's G.I. Joe collection. It all started when a young buck named the Thunderous Wizard saw the promise of a new life and staked his claim to it the old-fashioned way by stealing it from the Eskimos. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That is not what happened. Yeah, and uh, that's not the preferred nomenclature. Yeah, well, anyways, around these parts, he became known as T-Dubs, and each year, T-Dubs is a thank you to us by dropping his britches and blazing down some fireball, bare-assed. You know what? I'm going to cut this intro short for time's sake since this movie doesn't have much substance, uh, but I will say, T-Dubs, don't you go a-changing. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, listener, to the Sleepy Bear edition of Hops and Box Office Flops. I, Mayor McCheese, will be your host tonight for our 137th, I'm hoping that's right, episode, covering the not-at-all holiday flop, 2001's Out Cold. I'm going to get right out in front of this now, listener, and admit that I made a mistake when I picked my Hops and Holiday Flops movie. Uh, Like I mentioned, this movie has nothing to do with any holidays, and kind of the only tie-in is snow. I mean, it's Which cold. May- that counts, sort of. Yeah. For 20, well, bro. Well, it may not actually count, considering this is set in the Alaskan high country, where I'm pretty sure snow's there year-round. Um, eh, anyways. Seemed December-ish. <laughs> you would figure with that kind of party crew, they would have some Christmas lights up at a minimum. Well, let's move on, shall we? As always, the show is presented by WobamEntertainment.com. Again, the spelling of that is W-O-B-A-M, entertainment.com. Joining me tonight is our Papa Muntz, a.k.a. the Thunderous Wizard. Ah, uh, geez, I was going to like try and do a quote from this movie and I can't <laughs> even think of any, so <laughs> I'm uh, here. Acceptable. Uh, our pig pen, a.k.a. Chumpzilla. Carp the DM sees the carp, bro. Rah. And now cosplaying Victoria Silvstead, playing of the year, Captain Cash. Say what you will, but the best part of this film is the outtake during which Zach Galifianakis does cosplay as Victoria Silvstedt. Yeah, it is actually. It's pretty funny. Uh, A mechanical bowl. That is is something. I appreciated her licking his beard and then getting it caught on her tongue. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure why that didn't stay in the movie. That was funny. There's a lot of easy ways to fix this, and I think we're all kind of aiming at them already. Um, Points of order, as always, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Hops and B.O. Flops. You can find myself at HBOF McCheese on the Twitter machine. T-Dubs, where are you at? I'm not skiing with my ass crack out. You can find me at Writer TLK on Twitter. It's got to be whole cheeks. got to have the whole, whole cheeks. cheeks yeah. Well, oh, you yeah. know, just the, uh, I don't even know what that thing's for, I guess. The whale tail? Just showing shit, off the whale tail? Shit in the winter, right? That's what it's for. It's a butt flap. It's how you poop in the long johns. Yeah, sometimes, you know, why not just wear a diaper? Uh, well, I guess you're chiming in. Uh, that is uh, that is some 3D chess, I'll give you that. Yeah. Jumpzilla, where are you at? I was there. Yeah, it was called the 80s. Ford was president, Nixon was in the White House, and FDR was running this country into the ground. I was bumming in an 
some hole in the wall town in what's now called Utah. Some fellow from Colorado shows up, starts making so-called improvements. All right, right. cut him off. Uh, <laughs> you, you can find me on Twitter at Chumpzilla8. I will say they could have given Stumpy more to do. He is actually very enjoyable. And uh, last but not least, Captain Cash. C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. Like he's a professional, everybody. Listen, I was in the Reddit year in review. Thank yeah. you. Is there a bell we can ring? Does someone have like, yeah, there you go. Uh, so you can find Out Cold on any streaming platform if you're willing to pay for it. Uh, it's probably $3.99 across the board. And I will apologize to the panel for making you all pay for this. This is not a movie that shall be charged for, but I guess it is. I got some good news for you. If, like me, you love Quantum Leap, which I recommended a couple episodes ago, uh, you can buy every season for $9.99. And if you buy all five seasons and spend well over $50, they'll give you two free rentals, one of which I used on Out Cold. That so seems really, like a very bad investment. I paid $45 for all five seasons of Quantum Leap. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, you actually got like a 10% discount to buy Quantum Leap by renting this yeah i think God damn it is some 3d chess yeah, look at it, that it literally said in the email customer you as the only person person who's ever purchased all five seasons of quantum leap at once we feel that we have to give you two free rentals <laughs> i feel like I they should have given you five free rentals for each season I, one for each season listen the real the real revelation here is thunderous wizard has low-key been a genius this whole time I mean, he does, he does consume a lot of TV and film. So he's got to know, he's got to know all the back doors into getting deals. That's a lot of bacula up in you. Yeah. I can take as much bacula as he's willing to give me (laughs) five seasons worth. All right. So unless I'm mistaken, I believe we landed that our holiday beer theme this month is going to be local holiday brews. Uh, not sure if we discussed that on the last pod, but that's what I'm going with, uh, whether you like it or not. So my beer for this week is Great Lake Brewing Company's Christmas Ale. Uh, when I moved to Cleveland over a decade ago, this was basically forced on me as a local tradition. If you get it in bars around here, they're going to serve it with cinnamon or nutmeg on the rim of the glass, a la margarita, which is kind of odd at first, coming from St. Louis, where you only drink Bud Light. Uh Anyways, the beer adds even more flavor and spices, and it clocks in as a, at a respectable 7.5 ABV. I think it's won some awards. At least Great Lakes is on the board, and I think they're nationwide now. Was anyone else able to get this? I was. I like this stuff. It's good. It's got. It's high enough octane. It's it's a good winter beer. I would agree. Like I, I it it's something I can drink outside when it's cold as hell. It's something I can drink next to a fire. It's it's a beer that I think I would enjoy when it's like dark out, if that makes sense. I'm not going to sit in the sun and do this. It won't work. No, it's not a it's not a yeah. family Corona. Um, I mean, for me, it's got a ton of flavor and the aftertaste can kind of get to be a bit much. And I kind of burn out on holiday beers for uh, various reasons. So overall, I would say it's one point five to two movies. If I have a sixer on hand. What about you, Cash? Uh, I probably call this. That's two bad movies. It's good. But uh, but you're right that it is sort of dependent on climate, season, whatever. And how much you like spicy beers. Yeah. 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 Uh, what, about you? what about you two? I, one and a half movies, tops. Uh, I like, I actually like it better than the last Great Lakes beer we had, which was for the Rocketeer, which was Hayescraft. Yes, yeah. Hayescraft. 
that was a little too fruity, but I would not like to drink this with cinnamon or nutmeg on the rim. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it's it's very odd because they're very dry spices. So like the first time you're like, oh, what's on the rim? And you touch your tongue to it. You're like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never had it, Mary McCheese, uh, and, and couldn't get it down here in the South. But uh, how would you compare it to Sierra Nevada's like celebration ale or whatever their, their seasonal? Uh, I mean, I, when celebration comes out, I drink that pretty much nonstop through the entire winter. I'll get a six of uh, Christmas ale here and there, or whenever we're at a holiday party. I mean, I took a sixer of it to our uh, neighborhood party on Friday, uh, but I'll drink uh, celebration nonstop. It's, it's more in an IPA vein. It's not, it has spices, but it's not as aggressively spiced. Okay. Cause even ale. for me that the celebration uh, for me is a little, uh, it's a little much. Even, even for a, a guy like, you know, that I, I like my bitter pine coney citrusy IPAs. And that, that one was always a little, it was a mouthful for me. So it sounds like this would be. I'd say you could probably get. Could be a bit much, it. especially with some nutmeg on the on the glass. Yeah, you, you'd probably get, I don't know, you'd probably get through two or three and then be like, yeah, that's enough for the night. I'm going to switch to something else, which is kind of where I'm, where I'm at with it now, too. I'll have two to three and then kind of change gears. I'll have to check it out if I ever come across it. All right, so now that we've procured our beverage, uh, let's get into this movie. And, you know, drinking's a big bit, so we have our brews on hand. Uh, this was released in 2001, as previously mentioned. It was produced on a budget of $24 million. I guess a lot of that went to the mountain. Um, I, it's got to be the snowboarding stuff, like the stunts and like the aerial photography, because what yeah, this did. movie could cost money. But I mean, yeah, some of that cut, told me $8 million, I'd be like, yeah, no, that, that tracks. But some of that's not stuff they shot for this. There's so many skate and snow and ski like production companies, like all that stuff where they're dropping them off the mountain and those dudes are biffing it. They're just paying for those, the rights to use that footage. They're not flying guys up there. So I'm not, I mean, set work. Well, I'm assuming Lee Majors commanded at least 12 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Majors probably double his own worth because he's the six million dollar man oh god um, <laughs> anyways I, on 24 and it ended up overall only bringing in 14 and on its opening weekend it was less than five pretty rough but it does have an odd cult following i picked it because i think me and uh, uncle beef watched it when we back and we lived together and i remember liking it more but at the same time nostalgia is a little tinted um anyways the movie was directed by the Malloys as the opening credit states, which appears to be a brother combo. Uh, I did a little research and it looks like the only other work they've really done that they're known for is music videos. Uh, I'm sure T-Dubs will appreciate that they've done quite a few Avril Lavigne videos. Huh? Yeah. So this is going to go just about as well as you think it will. He was yeah. a border boy. He said, see you later, boy. <laughs> and you guys know that she's dead and they replaced her for profit reasons. It's one of my favorite conspiracy theories. (laughs) That and birds aren't real. Anyways, uh, the movie is written by John Zack, who doesn't have any other credits to his name, except I guess he came up with a character that's now in a different show. Uh, The movie does star a slew of early odd names and some up and coming at the time B-list comedians. We'll go through the three majors and the rest of them. Uh, Our first, our protagonist is Jason, not Jeremy London as Rick Rambis. I do like that name. That's a good name. Pink. A lot better than uh, the antagonist, Lee Majors, as John Majors. You mean the fall guy? 
Lee Majors kicks all kinds of ass. And then all I'm sure I'll I'm sure I'll butcher this name, Caroline. Anyone know it? Davernas. Davernas as Anna, nope. the uh, the love interest plot point. Um, it's pretty much the three you need to make the movie. Uh, one angle of the love triangle. Yes, one. Yep. Uh, one of the Triforce. Uh, the lovable snow crew is made up of Zatch Gaska Fanaski as Luke, his brother Derek Hamilton, Pigpen, Flex Alexander, Anthony, AJ Cook, Jenny, the other uh, side of the love triangle, and David Denman as Lance. Here's my favorite part of this cast is that AJ Cook goes on to be on Criminal Minds as someone who hunts serial killers. And uh, the girl who Anna. Anna. Uh, she was on Hannibal as Dr. Bloom, Alana Bloom, who ends up dating Hannibal <laughs> while <Where> is... <laughs> misdiagnosing his many, <laughs> many so, issues. I mean, so what you're trying to tell me is Jason London is a serial killer. Probably. I mean, he does have that tendency. He's obsessed with a woman he met for, like, I don't know, three or four days at a bar called PJ O'Horney's. <laughs> I thought they said it was three weeks. Yeah, was they, like, said, they said it yeah, was like, like three weeks, weeks yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. Which is who goes on vacation for three, I guess, ski bums? I guess people, yeah, who don't have much to do except for yeah. tie each other up and let polar bears lick their balls. <laughs> <laughs> who, who decides over the course of three weeks that that's not enough time to expose why you left the guy? <laughs> yeah. Let's bring it full circle because there are two London brothers. Re, redo, make a summation movie with all four of them where, yes, Jason is a serial killer, but they pin it on Jeremy. <laughs> oh. oh, I mean, that's like a whole season of Seventh Heaven, which they were both on together. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, you're going to know this sort of dumb shit. <laughs> I know a lot about the Londons. You know, you a lot maybe about work a party of five joke in there somewhere. <laughs> maybe more than you should about the Londons. No, oh, no. Uh, are, they, are they related to the Joan London Londons? That I don't know. But uh, oh. <laughs> someone can IMDb it. Anyways, the the annoying current management of the mountain is Willie. Is it Garson? Right? Uh, he's Ted Muntz. Uh, R.I.P. Buddy. R.I.P. Tom- yeah. Hey, just passed away, Willie Garson. Sex and the City fans. All of you yeah. out there. <laughs> T-dubs and one other person who listens to the pod. R.I.P. Thomas Lennon is Eric. And other people who show up who are somewhat notable is David. Is it Kochner? I always pronounce Kochner. 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 Yeah. yeah. He's, he's stumped doing a, a lot of Bill Brasky, the uh, the mountain odd job. Uh, Louis Arquette is Papa Muntz. Uh, very minor role in this, mostly flashbacks. But apparently this was his last movie before he also passed. So R.I.P to uh, him and he has some would say this movie killed him uh there's there might be i don't want to make i don't want to make that joke about his kids anyways <laughs> well he actually died of an onset accident he was run over by his own bronze statue oh nice with his pants down yeah. does it go with butt his, first or yeah. skis first butt first unfortunately oh, that's Terrible. very unfortunate you'd recognize him though he's he's pretty recognizable like oh that guy yeah and again he has like eight actor or actress children yeah, uh, he's of the Arquette Arquettes. <laughs> yeah, he's he literally is the Papa Arquette of all the Arquettes yeah. we all know of. Uh, and last but not least, Victoria Silstead, Playman of the Year. One sentence descriptions. This is going to be super fun. IMDb, I hope you guys didn't read this because you're going to love it. Describe this movie as a snowboarder's plan for his own snowboard park go awry when his ex-girlfriend returns to town. 
Nope, nope. nope. No, that's not nope. really it. Not even close. <laughs> not even near not it. Really it. Uh, I'm going to hop on that and steal my one-liner from the movie poster because that popped out at me. Literally on the movie poster, it just says, Animal House on Ice. <laughs> nope. No. Who are you advertising this to? <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, uh, let's start with T-dubs. So mine is, if you love the laugh riots that were American Bind Presents Bandcamp and the Naked Mile, just wait till you see the latest installment in the anthology series, Mechanical Bull Orgasm. Yeah, that, that tracks. Uh, Cash, what do you got? It is a Casablanca homage with no love. It is a sex comedy with no sex. It is a Kevin Smith movie with no witty dialogue. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to... On ice. There you go. <laughs> In space. Jumpzilla. Somewhat in the same vein as uh, Captain Cash here. I've got mall rats on the mountain. Yeah, also true. Um, uh, you know that snowboarders who bum around are just called park rats. So really kind of fits. Yeah, yeah. that's what Locked. they are. I mean, that's park what rats. they are. They're just <laughs> these shiftless losers that uh, hang out and get drunk and talk about inane things. You're not talking about lot lizards? A totally yeah. different thing, sorry. Um all right, we can... So they're totally not like bad movie podcasters just sitting around in talking various stages stages of intoxication talking about inane things like yeah, yeah. movies. Well, like, like, like snowboarders. Certainly McCheese is very Zach Galifianakis-esque because his whole shtick in the movie is just to fall asleep. <laughs> That's probably why I did like this movie because that is my go-to maneuver. All right, let's bleed through this plot because it's not a ton of it. Out Cold is centered on cool snowboard guy Rick Rambus and his group of snowboard buds who all work at uh, Bull Mountain Ski Resort in Alaska. The resort's original owner, hard-drinking Papa Munts, recently died and left the mountain to his less cool son, Ted, which kind of gives it away. Awful name. And he's taken over the business. Ted has decided to sell the resort and the mountain to John Majors, not Lee Majors, a blowhard corporate resort owner from Colorado, and that's our groundwork setup for the movie. Any comments? I guess I would only add that our protagonist is John Rambo, but not Rick Rambus. He's uh, more of a combination between Kurt Rambus and John Rambo. Got the hair. I think, I think the Rick thing is another uh, Casablanca. Oh, you're absolutely right. It is because Rick's. Damn it. I should have known that. My main observation from that is that John Majors, not Lee Majors, of course, is so fucking cool. He shows up to Alaska in cowboy boots. (laughs) He goes skiing in a full cowboy outfit. He's the man. Like like, like a bolo tie and whatever the frilly stuff. I'm sure Cash can help me. Fringe. Fringe. Fringe fringe hanging off his what I would assume is not a ski jacket, but maybe is a ski jacket meant to look like a cowboy jacket. Um, That's just how you do. Well, you know, I can't help but think part of that shtick, it was pulled from, you know, Dumb and Dumber, which came out like, what, 94? I, I feel like that there's there's some visual gags there from the, the goofy crap that Jim Carrey wears in that movie. That's well, true. Uh, Jeff Daniels certainly has the more Southwest esque uh, ski suit in that movie when he has the explosive diarrhea, for example. 
Well, he—I thought he had like the crazy parka. He had like the stupid, sexy Flanders outfit. I thought oh, it was yeah, Jim. That was Lloyd Christmas that rocked the yeah. the uh, rock the. They both the, had like, some the, silly outfits. Yeah, he had the gloves. Yeah, but the whole the point hat, is yeah. exactly that's that's still code for douche on the mountain, right? Well, I mean, if I actually skied or snowboard, I'd wear all that stupid crap. Why not look like an idiot if you're up there? At least if you get hurt, they can find you. Uh, all right. From there, now that we have at least some sort of plot laid out, uh, now we split into completing subplots. Uh, one, Rick has an undeveloped, on all sides, love triangle with French girl Anna that he met while partying, as T Dub said, in Mexico for three weeks, because why not? Uh, she also happens to be John Notley Major's stepdaughter. Uh, and the other side of the love triangle, Jenny, the cool girl and his crew, who he can't quite decide if he wants to go after or not. It's pretty and annoying it was confusing to watch. for me because she's like, ask me out, but don't ask me out. And he's like, maybe I'll ask you out. And it, I like I didn't I didn't get it. It's the whole angles. They're both supposed to be too cool for school. It, I mean, but it's just not it's not a and it just comes across annoying yeah, yeah the yeah, character writing satisfying motivation for either character you're not rooting this is another one of those movies one of the key problems here and especially in this love triangle i'm not rooting for any one of them to get together with the other one this whole time i'm mostly rooting for zatch gaska finasky or Pigpen to hook up with somebody because they're much more interesting than rick yeah i will say though if you guys were shredding fresh nar on the daily you'd be too cool for school as well i just think it's interesting that in like what a seven year span both of the london brothers are the nominal protagonists of their films only to be overshadowed by much better comedians yes uh yeah 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 like did jeremy not sit down with jason and go listen man this is what happened to me on mall rats maybe you want to like step it up a little which one was in Dazed and Confused? Jason, which is, this, this is one. like the big thing I'll never understand. He was so cool in Dazed and Confused. And I guess like when you reach the mountaintop <laughs> right from the start, like you're destined to go downhill. Like you're never going to achieve that again. But he was yeah. never cool again. And he's not cool in this movie. <laughs> no, uh, it's it's mostly uncomfortable to watch him try to awkwardly interact with Jenny. And the writing they gave them is awful where they're like, am I asking you out? Do you want me to ask you out? Are we just going to leg this thing out for the entire movie? Like Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and our, our, our second subplot that plays out constantly is uh, Rick and his uh, good hearted crews comedic struggle to conform to the corporate rules of John Notley's majors uh, new resort management style uh, to wrap it all up. Uh, the love triangles resolved when uh, Rick Rambus, sends Anna off to be with her fiancé, Barry, and I'm not making this up, in an airstrip goodbye style that pays homage to Casablanca, as we mentioned before. Yes, Casablanca. Anyone yeah, want to like, weigh was in it, on Was this? that like 1938? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. <laughs> but you're going to get all the ski plane. resorts and all the ski towns. Like, yeah. There's tons yeah. of references to that movie, and it, it, it's sort of like, I'll compare it to The Rocketeer to a certain extent. Those are references that our parents would get, not kids watching this movie in 2001. Time out. I love Casablanca. This is not references to Casablanca. This is just them doing a sex comedy on a mountain, a ski sex comedy on a mountain, but it's Casablanca. Well, I mean, but still, I, 
Oh, this movie they they made it PG thirteen. It's for teenagers in two thousand one who have absolutely yeah. no idea what Casablanca. I'm sorry, Casablanca forty two, forty two yeah. for Casablanca, not thirty eight. Sorry, I knew what Casablanca was in two thousand one. I'm just saying. Oh, hit. Well, I knew. You guys were washing over the greatest plot point of the movie. The only reason Anna is even in this town is because Lee Majors is such an old horn dog. I mean, John Majors, that he has been sleeping his way through European countries in search of the perfect wife. And he actually mentions that that is what he's doing. <laughs> he actually talks about how he's conquering Europe at one, at one or two parts in the movie because he's talking about what country his kids are from. He talks about two things, how awesome he is, and he just calls Willie Garson the R word. That's his entire oh, character. <laughs> we're gonna movie. get. Yeah, we're gonna get to that. Uh, so, anyways, yeah. Rick Rambis proceeds to rally his troops and save their beloved mountain slash resort by crashing the fundraising party and convincing Ted, uh, yes, the son Ted, uh, not to sell the mountain to uh, John Not Lee Majors after all. Much like the movie begins, cool guy Rick is still trying to flirt slash pick up Jenny. The end. <laughs> There are some good after credit scenes, I will say that. Yeah, I, I just don't understand the ending of the movie. They kind of have their little like, hey, you know, we can't just take this lying down. This is our resort and our mountain. And so they crash one, one fancy party. Event, yeah. And, and it I throws guess off. Is... And then they just, I guess Ted decides not to sell it after all. But another confusing point in the movie, and I didn't care enough to rewatch it to, to clear it up. It seems like uh, John Majors already owns everything because he rebrands it and he changes everything. He but did own the it. deal's not finalized. Uh, like, he, said he, he, the yeah. he said he had to get the, the investors yeah. buy-in and he has the paperwork from Ted. And so that was the big... It just seems like they made a lot of changes for the deal not being finalized. Well, this is saying. like, this is a very, this is like the Caddyshack moment where... Animal, yes, this is the yes. Animal House moment. They Actually, get no, to this win, is PCU. Yeah. This is PCU. They get to win the golf tournament, even though the crazy groundskeeper has just blown up the entire course and then the ball goes in. Like there are no rules here at the end. No, I mean, there definitely would be some sort of lawyer involved after this to probably still screw over the small mountain folk who screwed John, up. Yeah, somebody didn't most. do their due diligence here. It's all I'm John saying. Majors probably some earnest lawyer. money in play, you know. <laughs> you know what John Majors' lawyer is called? His boot in your ass. Screw with Majors. <laughs> His $300 hat. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that uh, was my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> there he comes uh, in and he's like, I'll see you out there. And then he goes and reads the note. That's exactly what he just said to him. I thought that was the, <laughs> the funniest part of the movie. <laughs> that might be the best gag in the in the movie. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so how many beers? Uh, we'll go we'll go backwards from the last time. Uh, Chumzilli, you're first. You know, I, I'd give this uh, four mild enjoyment beers. It's pretty brief so it's not painful to get through but it's dumb so four beers well i mean it's it's over an hour and a half so i would not call it 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 is a crisp 90 minutes including the credits yes i thought thought it was like 136 but i might have been wrong what do you got then uh cash i I see this as a three beer it it maybe it's one pain to enjoyment it's dumb and it's over quickly uh t-dubs well since i got this for free I'll give it. One. <laughs> you don't have to show off. We got it. You bought a lot of quantum leap. <laughs> uh, I'll give this one pain beer instead of two because it is brutally unfunny at times. But there are a couple like, oh yeah, like I can see why I would have liked this if I was fifteen. You know, so it's yeah. like it's like one enjoyment, one pain. 
And then the other beer is a toss up, you know, depending on your mood. It has some little funny bits. Galifianakis is, is mostly pretty great. Uh, uh, David Keckner is mostly pretty great, although he's really just workshopping uh, champ kind. Oh, real hard. Uh, he's, worked yeah. out, he, he's continuing Bill Brasky, which was about yeah. the same time as this. So, yeah, I'd go 1-1 one, one and, and a toss-up. I'm leaning toward pain with the toss-up. And with Jumpzilla, I had it at four. An, an hour and a half seems still long for this. Like It could have been chopped down a bit. The, the two pain I'm giving it are very specific pain beers. Uh, one is for their aggressive and unnecessary use of the R word. And two is the never-ending uncomfortable love triangle that we have to sit through and then the two enjoyment beers are about the same vein as the the other two here on the panel um there are some funny bits and gags they're not a ton uh galifianakis but this being his first supporting actor role is starting to kind of come into his own and you know there's a little bit of nostalgia there that is still was somewhat funny back in the day considering it came out when we were what 17 is that right yeah 17 years old uh, all right so before we get into our questions thoughts and trivia let's take a break in case we need more beers or shots of goldschlager and hear from our buddies over at the double turn podcast Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Welcome back, listener, to the 137th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, brought to you by WoBamEntertainment.com. As a reminder, we are still covering 2001's Out Cold. So I'm going to jump right into this one because I think it's a very easy answer. What do you guys think would have fixed this? I'm going to save mine for last, but I think someone else might cover it first. Cash, you go. You love Casablanca. I, let's let's hear your opinion. A couple different things. The the most glaring and obvious thing, and I think we're all going to agree, is that you should have made this an R movie. Yep. Like there's there's zero reason to tone this down when it is very clearly shot to be an R rated film. Lean into it. It's a sex comedy. Make it a sex comedy. Make it titillating. Make it dumb and fun and whatever. And hopefully some of the, the more aggressive jokes land. I, and- I don't know. Before we before we move on, because I think that might end up being everyone's answer. Does anyone know when we started really getting our like we started clipping along on good hard R comedies? Like everything was kind of geared towards a PG-13 in the sense that, oh, we can get teenagers in there. That's going to be our money driver. But like when uh, was there when was like the first good R comedy? Mid 90s, you were getting them. You're getting like something about Mary. You're getting American Pie. Then studios yeah, those, yeah, those start getting gun shy again. And then like the, you know, wedding crashers, the hangover. So like, yeah, but that, that hit in the latter half yeah, of that. So that's decade. like the latter half of this decade. I feel like there's a weird so, gap where they like, they did a couple R's and then they tried to, they tried to reproduce the formula in a more uh, cash grab audience, if you will, where you can get younger butts in the seats. Cause yeah, I mean, my, well, I was going to go across the panel, but mine falls right in line with cash. Like, there was several they shot several nudity scenes with victoria silstead leave those in 
I mean, obviously, I don't think they, they were pretty gung ho in keeping the the R word in there, but you could have probably played up a lot of more raunchy jokes from Zach Galifianakis because if you look at his stand up at the time, it was a little uh, it was a little more progressive, if you will. Well, there was a there was a point in time, I believe, in the late '90s that basically theaters started taking the R rating more seriously and were carting kids like you couldn't get into an r-rated movie unless you're 16 or 18 or whatever and then studios are like well we're making all these movies in the vein of american pie and now kids can't go see them and that's our primary audience so now we have to tone them down yeah i mean i think that's definitely the biggest fault do you t-dubs or chumpzilla have anything else or are we kind of all in the same uh, vein more improv for galifianakis and keckner and other funny people just let them the, the movie's insanely stupid let them say insanely stupid. Like his little monologue about the gold standard is funnier than anything he gets in the movie. And that's yeah. in the that's in the credit scene. So yeah, and I think yeah, you have I think you have to flush out a lot better the characters of uh Anthony Flex Alexander and Pigpen because they put him in such a aggressive pigeonhole that those dudes had nothing to do. I mean, Pigpen, they're like, just act like you literally are the dumbest human in the world. And Anthony's was Oh, you fall on a snowboard. <laughs> yeah, like they actually weren't real characters at all. They're barely yeah. given anything to work with. And I think the other thing you need to do is lean in a little bit harder on on the Casablanca aspect of there's already a love triangle, and that's Anna, her fiance, and Jeremy London. Wait, Jason London, Rick Rambis, whatever. One of the London brothers. I yes. can't be bothered to figure out which one is which. Like Having Anna is the cool girl is fine, but that's only so you can give Rick like the happy ending. Like, oh no, no, see, he eventually found Jenny, a girl. Jenny is the cool girl. Oh, sorry, Jenny is the cool yeah. girl. Yeah, yeah. You didn't need please, that. Please. Yeah, Anna's the girl with the bad accent. No, right. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I'm surprised we made it this far to the pod without talking about her terrifying accent. That's you know what? The bad thing my... is, is that when you say bad accent in this movie, you instantly think of her and not Victoria Silvestre. Yeah. Well, because I think that's Victoria Silvestre's actual accent versus Anna, who's doing. She's from somewhere in Canada, but she's not French Canadian. Uh, yeah, that's my third beer is a pain beer because of the accent. I'm totally, <laughs> I'm committing now to the pain beer. I'm from France. We, no. Yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I again, I didn't see Casablanca, so I, Blanca. I don't know exactly how that plays out, but I love how they hyped up this big angle of like, oh. They're, that's where your, our big plot and drama point is going to be. And then the second they meet Barry, they're like, oh, he's fine. All right. But that plot's over. Goodbye. <laughs> I actually did kind of like that because in a lot of these comedies, you're like, think wedding crashers, think like any one of those comedies that the boyfriend always turns out to be just this unrepentant asshole. And here, oh, yeah, you're always cheering against the boyfriend. Yeah. But no, the boyfriend's actually a pretty cool dude. And He's a, a doctor bury, and bury the handicap yeah. pilot doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're given like no reason to dislike him. Yeah. And the no. movie even acknowledges that to a certain extent. Yeah. It, 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 it doesn't address the fact that it really kind of kills their whole potential rivalry plot, but it just, they, at least they address it head on. Like, Oh, we can't beat that guy up. He's in a wheelchair. And he seems it, nice. <laughs> it was almost like the anti, seems cool. uh, the anti better off dead. Have you ever seen better off dead where, Cusack has to race the guy down the hill in the ski race to win the heart of the four. I think she's a foreign exchange student. They're like, oh, it's already been done, so we can't do that. So we'll just do this, which means 
I guess there's a reason for him to be in the movie, but not really, because then he just flies a plane. <laughs> All right, yeah. moving on. Well, let's uh, let's go through. We mentioned a couple of them. Is there a best or worst uh, on either end of the spectrum, joke or gag throughout the movie? Um, and I'm gonna, you know, take out the availability to use the unnecessary overuse of the R word because that's definitely the most offensive one, which is my next question. So yeah, anyone want to hop out and then at least like the one-off gags or bits, I know, you know, uh, kick there at the end doing the gold standard was fantastic where they carry him off the set. Uh, I think we can all acknowledge that the funniest stuff is in the outtakes. That's, yeah. that's a real big problem for this movie. Yeah. They could have gotten rid of the snowboard crashes and just kept more outtakes. And I would have actually liked it more. Yeah, <laughs> I would say worst gag for me aside from some of the lee major stuff which is like i mean he even says something terrible slanderous about the the fiance and it's like dude come on like i get you're supposed to be a bad guy but like i think your unfettered capitalistic bullshit is you know bad enough you don't have to also just be a grotesque <laughs> human being yeah uh it's got to be the the guy that's gay they all know uh, he's gay. lance and then like, you know, they're nice to him about it, but they do that stupid salute. It's like, no, this is dumb. See, I I thought that was surprisingly progressive for 2001, where the they way all they kind of acknowledge it's okay yeah. that you're gay. Be you, you don't have to act. Do do be the gay. It's fine. But like that, if if he was gay and not a caricature of a gay man, then yes, it would yeah. have been a little more acceptable. But like the whole time they're having him film scenes, they're like, why don't you just take that dial and turn it up to 10? Yeah. That's fair. I'm yeah, not saying else? that it that it matches now, but you know, for 2001, I can appreciate. No, I, that I it think tried. for its time, it was pretty progressive. Yes, the, yeah. the dialogue was the salute with the limp wrist. Not so much. Yeah, fair. Yeah. I, as far as funny jokes go, though, at one point, Pigpen is sexting, or not. It's not called sexting. They're, 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 in, a, they're in a lesbian chat room. Yes, <laughs> pretending like. Oh, cyber, cyber sex. Cyber. cyber sex. That's right. Oh my God. It's cybering. Ugh, I, I, <laughs> God, I just I feel like I, I drank from the wrong cup and now I'm aging horribly to remember that. Uh, but as Pigpen is cybering back, he keeps repeatedly writing awesome and misspelling it. And I don't know why, but I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. It, just, yeah. it, it got me. I can't explain. He, he types awesome. A-W-S-O-M. Just a bunch of times. Awesome. I'm like, <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a little funny. Well, I, no, I, I mean, I think the movie excels when it's at its dumbest. Um, yeah. For, for some of the right reasons. And, but it also, at some points, it suffers uh, because it's so dumb. Like I think we mentioned it earlier, and I really like the joke where the you know the Lee Majors character you know says something to Rick and then gives him that note, and then it's exactly <laughs> what he just said. Like, it's literally this. It's it's the same dialogue too. Like he read it yeah, once. It's, and that's just, it's say, a great gag. That's a great gag. And, uh, and, and I give I give London some credit for being the straight man there and pulling that off. I I, I chuckled at that. I enjoyed that. That was a decent gag. I like when the, the fiance shows up and he's like, so which one of you had sex with the hot tub? And Stumpy <laughs> comes out on the balcony. He's like, that guy right there. He's the tub, the tub, whatever. Tub Casanova or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we, we, you guys were saying earlier how the outtakes were good. 
more Galifianakis was required. But just remember, I mean, this is his first supporting role, right? So I don't think they really – he wasn't Zach Galifianakis yet. They didn't know what to do with him exactly. So they probably weren't – you know, the writers and the directors probably weren't uh, thinking like, oh, this guy is going to be the breakout star of the movie. I mean, but again, that falls back on the directors and the producers because there's dailies. And when they see the dailies of like the Zach Galifianakis outtakes, you're like, why don't you let this dude just ad lib everything from here on out? Like do 20 takes with him saying ridiculous shit. Whatever comes out of his mouth. If you're going to describe this as Animal House on Ice, then you (laughs) let the funny people be funny. Then you need to let Bluto be Bluto. Exactly. (laughs) So who's who was D Day then? I would not even give this movie a no, Daniel Simpson. That that's no. assigning it far too much credit. And yeah. Animal House, for as obscene as it is, uh, those characters like have some sort of depth to them. They're all like individual people that are different in ways. Well, yeah, yeah but it, they they all have a thing, and that thing works. And it's it's more advanced than can't snowboard is dumb. And passes out drunk. Yeah, let's, let's also Stoner. let's also remember this movie's not on ice. It's a, it's a snowboard resort, or a ski and snowboard resort. Yeah. So quickly, why did this fail so bad? I mean, obviously the budget makes absolutely no sense, but and we've already talked about the fact that it should have been R. I mean, in my mind, it just it fell into that wheelhouse of teenage comedy, but it never. It's another one of those middle ground movies. Either go R or throttle it more back, but no one's going to see this thing if you make it even more vanilla. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it was the thunderous wizard in his one uh, sentence description kind of hit on a lot of things this movie lacks. It, it, it does lack a lot of stuff that you really need to stick that comedy, like teen comedy, sex comedy, whatever uh, niche that it was aiming for. And it, and it really lacks a signature gag. I mean, you could make it, a case for the hot tub uh, incident and the polar bear thing is being like the movie's signature gag. I wouldn't but, say signature, but it's a, it's a reincurring gag, but you know, Zach Galifianakis gets himself in a bad place because yeah. he's dumb like, or drunk you look at, you or whatever. Look at, you look at uh, American pie and you had the whole pie thing. Right. And blah, blah, blah. I mean, but it, it's, they're not really great visual jokes. It's more just like the concept. Like he put his wiener in a hot tub. Funny. Right. Well, 2001 is like a year of hit and miss comedies. And if you're one of the missed comedies, you missed big. For example, Joe Dirt, Shallow Hal uh, were two that probably missed fairly big. And then you get like Zoolander and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back and American Pie 2 and Rush Hour 2 and Scary Movie 2. Like, mm-hmm. and, and then you get the animal. So like there's, if you're Rob not one Schneider's of the big animal. Uh, and of course, Super Troopers came out in 2001. So there's just movies that are doing this thing, but way better. And it, so, it comes wrong. down Isn't like Zoolander kind of a kind of a stinker on release, but it, it found it's following on video. Or am I wrong in that? No, it, I believe it was sort of a stinker, but it, it wound up being which is bizarre because that movie's hilarious. I, that's what those movies people just didn't know what to do with at the time. This movie came out in November. So back then. Uh, this isn't exactly something that's going to get people revved up on November 21st on Thanksgiving weekend. Like, got to go see that snowboarding movie. <laughs> well, it's kind of hard to release a snow movie in the summer, but this is definitely a summer movie. 
then you can't release it in the holidays. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, all right, listener, before we get into the competitive portion of our pod, let's hear from our buddies over at the Hop Nation podcast. Hey, everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Welcome back, everyone, to the 137th episode of Hops and Box Office Slops. We're going to jump right into trivia. This is the King of the Mountain Trivia Challenge. Standard format, five questions. Tonight's chime-ins are Carpe the DM or that hat cost $300. Does he say jackass there or not? I can't remember. He might say that was asshole. I think he calls him a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He he might say bitch um, or any of the normal pod favorites. Are you guys ready? The $300 hat, bitch. (laughs) See you out there, Rick. (laughs) That means I'm ready. There you go. Uh, All right. Number one, which one of these movie characters had actual snowboarding talent? A, Rick Rambis, Jason London. B, Jen A, uh, AJ Cook. C, Barry, Anna's fiance. Or D, Victoria Stillstead, Playmate of the Year. It's a $300 hat, $300 bitch. hat, bitch. And that's cash. Barry? It is Barry. The only one we don't actually see snowboard, theoretically. So- so Barry is played by Todd Richards, who was part of the 1998 Olympic snowboarding team, and they forced him to sit in a wheelchair for this entire movie. <laughs> I uh, I figured it was him, and it's clearly not Jason London, because in the bloopers, he falls over many times doing very simple things on the snowboard. He nearly, he nearly breaks Lee Majors' <laughs> leg. Yeah, yeah. Lee, Lee Majors gives him like a death glance. <laughs> After after one of those incidents, he's like, "You son of a bitch!" Yeah, don't you <laughs> dare take out my leg, bitch! Bitch! Hat three hundred dollars. <laughs> Number two. At one point in the movie, we see that Anna's snow jacket says OSI on the back. What does this stand for? A. The Office of Scientific Intelligence. B. The Office of Scenic Incorporation. C. Old Snow Incorporated. Or D. Nothing. They're just letters. I made it up. That's the $300 hat, bitch. Ooh, I think that's cash again. It's Dang. nothing. It's just some gibberish. Uh, wrong. It is not that. Oh, okay. Now, uh, I believe that was A, which is a nod to the $6 million man, correct? It is. And you just blew your bonus question because that was my follow-up. But I'll give you one point for it. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take the one point. I didn't chime in either, but I feel like I was so close to my chime in against Captain Cash. That I yeah, that. you were. I, I was going to let it slide because you guys were on top. I appreciate that. You the Thunderous the Wizard did not seem interested at all, so I don't feel bad. You get the point there, Chumpy. Um Number three, as T-Dub mentioned, American Pie 2 came out the same year as this. How much did American Pie 2 gross overall? And remember, this movie only grossed, what did my notes say, 14? That sounds about right. Uh, a... 145 million b 175 c 225 or d 287 ponytails cocktails <laughs> t-dubs i'm going with 175 incorrect hey farts and tarts uh chumpy what, what was c again 220 something i'm gonna go with c 
Incorrect. Damn. Okay, I mean, American Pie was big, so I'm going to say it's a $300 hat pitch, and this movie made as much money as possible. D, the last one. Okay, yes, it is correct. It made $287 million. That is crazy. How much did that movie cost? Like, I, uh, I really liked the American Pie series when it came out, but... I still have it up. Uh, it cost an estimated budget of 30 well, so that, 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 that almost, movie almost costs, a ten bagger. <laughs> that movie cost six million more dollars than this. without cold. How, like, and look at the cast for that. How did that happen? Yeah, I mean, right. you got to figure at least like ten million of that is just going straight to Eugene Levy, right? At least, yeah, <laughs> five yeah. million per eyebrow, baby. Those don't yeah. come cheap. So currently, we are at. Cash has got two, Chumpy's got one, and T-Dubs has the goose egg. Uh, question number four. Our movie is set on Bull Mountain. Which of these is an actual ski resort in Alaska? A, Heavenly Mountain, B, Beaver Creek, C, the Palisades, or D, Eagle Crest? Ponytails, cocktails. T-Dubs. Eagle Crest. That is correct. Oh, well done. Probably knew that from my affinity from America stuff. Um, all right, we're two, one, and one. This last question is quick fire, so I want you to answer as fast as humanly possible. Who has more acting credits, Jason or Jeremy? Ponytails, cocktails, T Dubs, Jeremy. Incorrect. Oh <laughs> God, damn it! I just the three hundred dollar hat, bitch. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it. I'm not gonna let anyone else okay. chime in. Even you still win, Captain all right. Cash. And I, I, I forgot, I forgot to uh, mention at the start of the show. You do win the best prize that I've ever found that I'm currently buying for five dollars in my local town, which is a cheeseburger phone. Nice. This is. This is a big day for me. I'm really I excited. don't know if it works. She seems very aggravated that I wanted to purchase it. <laughs> She's actually getting really mad that I just want to grab it off her porch for $5. Uh, but I'm going to try to obtain it, and I will bring it down next time I see you. Spectacular. All, All right. right. Uh, yeah, we got to put a picture of that up on the, the Twitters because it is a fantastic specimen. It looks like it definitely came in uh, a McDonald's box somewhere way back in the day. I mean, there's no reason to have a cheeseburger phone and not have it come from McDonald's. It, just, it looks I mean, like a Big Mac phone, yeah. There's a little uh, bit of me that feels like you should keep it, and that, like, will only call you on that phone. That will be like I have to the, get a landline. <laughs> to the cheeseburger I want, phone! I mean, I have a friend who's a pretty good tech guy. I wonder if he could put some cell phone parts into the cheeseburger phone and then i could have it be my just bluetooth it yeah my secondary cell phone um be a fantastic burner phone for sure i mean (laughs) no one would ever suspect the thing when you're talking to a cheeseburger (laughs) (laughs) as as t-dub's dreams come true and i slowly actually transform into the mayor mcgee's i mean it's only fitting that as the mayor you'd have a cheeseburger phone so all right well then i'll get captain cash a different side project or a different side price i'll get him a shotsky everyone loves the shotsky uh, um, i would i would also settle for uh dave keckner's mustache do mm. not get him a whirlpool you know what happened the last time he got one of those yeah That's i don't good. know how many times you can press the auto drain button <laughs> always right. one more Always also, one more time. <laughs> fun fact auto drain was nancy reagan's nickname back in her acting days Hey, oh, oh, topical. Hey, wait a minute. Why are we why are we bashing that? Are we acting like the blowjobs are bad? Let's let's lay off. Let's lay off, Nancy. Come on. I think you just said certainly up a no joke one in Hollywood would. Pow! I think you just said a joke. Him. 
and talked it down at the same time somehow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, no. Re- recommendations. I'm going to go first. So I'll probably be off the next two pods because uh, the holidays are a whirlwind of travel. So my Christmas movie that I don't think we've done on here, but it'll never qualify. And it's not technically a Christmas movie is trading places. Everyone should watch that immediately. Uh, I will follow that up with a couple more recommendations since I'm gone. Uh, I think you can still YouTube Zach Galifianakis' early stand-up work where he played the piano and drank and did jokes. That shit is great and it's short. And then I think by the time this launches, if I'm correct, that the uh, MacGruber, the new uh, TV version of MacGruber should be released. I believe it comes out on the 16th, if I'm correct. Uh, I don't remember if that's Paramount or Peacock, but Google it. I'm sure you can find it. Uh, Cash, what do you got for us? Well, gonna tell you. If it's The Expanse, I'm gonna kill it. It is. It's the final (laughs) season of The Expanse. It's airing now on Amazon Prime. Only six episodes. Uh, Last one got released. Yeah, last one got released last Friday. So by the time this drops, episode two will be up. It's a real good series. I like it a lot. T-dubs. Okay, so... Have you read all the books, Captain Cash? I have, and the last book came out about a month ago. Hmm. Right on. It, no, they're, they're it, supposed to be very good as well, well. for the record. Yeah. It, it is a satisfying ending that I did not hate. Did not hate is not... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. No, I, I'm just... I'm so burned from Game of Thrones. I it, No, it was, a, it was a satisfying ending. It, it, it ends good. You should, it's a glowing yeah. review where it's it's not upsetting. <laughs> yes. And that's, that's the best I can hope for anymore. <laughs> Uh, so my recommendation is The Protégé, starring Samuel L. Jackson, Maggie Q, Michael Keaton. Uh, those are the principal players. It was It's a basically a spy thriller where, directed by Martin Campbell, pod favorite of uh, Green Lantern fame. Of course, he also did Casino Royale and GoldenEye. It is everything I thought Black Widow should have been. Dark, gritty, violent, with a person who can pull off awesome stunts. Uh, and nice bruising practical effects that aren't cut to hell by shitty camera work and overloaded with stupid CGI. Now, they're different movies. I get that. And, you know, Black Widow is a superhero movie. I, it just didn't work for me at all. And The Protégé, although there is some silly plot points to it, Maggie Q's a legit badass. You might remember her from Mission Impossible 3 or from Live Free or Die Hard. Uh, she trained with Jackie Chan. She's she's badass. She's awesome. So she was also on the LaFemme Nikita TV show. Yeah, the protege. Check it out. Very cool. Hard R. Love it. People getting thrown through tables. I dig that shit. Oh, right on. Where, where can you find that at? T Dubs. Oh, that's for rent now. I watched it on on a plane. I'm gonna watch it again because I was literally watching it on my phone, which kind of sucked, but that's what okay. I had. So yeah, right on. Well, I got, I got a dual recommendation um, this week, and I'm going to start off. It's more of a, uh, it's kind of a, hey, remember this kind of thing. So I'm watching this movie, Out Cold, and something in my brain was like getting tickled, and I couldn't quite figure it out. I'm like, what is this movie reminding me of? And then finally it came to me during the outtakes, and you saw like the helicopter shots of the guys getting dropped off the snowboards. Who here remembers the 2001 PS2 launch title SSX? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah vaguely. Yeah, me, it was like me the, and TW like played a lot of that. 
I yeah, my buddy had like got a PS2 like right at launch. He had that game. He had Madden and maybe something else. And I had never played a snowboarding game in my life, but it, it was very much like uh, Tony Hawk. It was Tony Hawk on ice. <laughs> yeah, you know, and like it had like the snow cross uh, thing too, where you had to like, battle out with other racers. And, and I played a ton of that game, um, and it was it was awesome. So that made me want to go back and and find a PS2 emulator somewhere to play that again, because right at the same time that came out in 2000, so the year before. But anyway. What I discovered this week on Tubi, uh, because I worship at the Church of Tubi, um, they've There's got a the really entire... weird specific church to worship that. You are the Latter Day Saints of streaming services right now. Basically. Yep, Jehovah's Witnesses, please. Um, so they've. Got I mean, it could be worse. Season. I mean, you could be doing Paramount Plus, and that is clearly the Scientology. Yeah, I mean, clearly. But they've got the first season of Transformers, you know, G1 uh, up for free right now, as well as G.I. Joe. Um, so I, I, while I was working this week, I was going through the first season of the Transformers cartoon. And uh, yeah, that really brought back some fond memories. Like, I'm like, wow, like, I, I remember I remember this stuff, you know. Does, uh, does season one have the flowers for Algernon send up? <laughs> With Grimlock, or is that like season two? No, because I don't. I don't think the Dinobots show up till season two. But it was really cool to watch that first episode again. That starts off on Cybertron and then goes to Earth, and it's it's so goofy and hokey. But it's like, wow, no, I remember being enthralled by this as a child. So that that, that was pretty cool. I was just kind of kind of thought that was neat, sort of in the vein of Thunderous Wizard finding all the seasons of or buying all the seasons of uh, Quantum Leap, probably for the nostalgia and bacula factor. But yeah, it was cool to have that uh, up for free. So you can check that on Tubi. And if you're feeling uh, the G.I. Joe cartoon, it's on there too. I think it, I think it's at the first two seasons of both. So Not bad. And remember, folks, you can always find our show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hops and B.O. Flops. You can find myself at HBOF McCheese, T Dubs is at Writer TLK, Cash is at Captain Cash, well, C A P T Cash on social media, and Chumpy is at Chumpzilla8 on the Twitter machine. And everything we've ever done, I think, is over at wobamentertainment.com. Uh, as always, if you could, if you like the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, like, share, subscribe, all that stuff. Connect with us on social media, give us some ideas. Uh, next week we're moving on to our third holiday installment which i what are we doing t-dubs i have no clue eight bit christmas what is that movie about is this just a video game christmas it's about a child's quest to get a nintendo entertainment system in the christmas season of 1988 which is coincidentally i believe the same year i got my nintendo entertainment system i love nintendo so you're pretty bonered out about this movie been rock hard all day <laughs> have you have you watched it yet no i have <laughs> it's uh you're in for a bumpy ride buddy that's not a me i have it's not a glowing review <laughs> uh on that note since this movie is about a christmas item that is particularly hard to get way back when when captain cash chumpsill and i did the Jingle All the Way podcast last Christmas or two Christmases ago. Jeez, we're old. Wow. Yike. Wow. Wow. Uh, we talked about the toys 
that we really wanted for Christmas, the toy that we absolutely had to have, that one Christmas item. Now, in the spirit of that, and jingle all the way, Chubzilla, like a creepo, went to a local <laughs> store and bought a Turbo Man doll. Not a booster. It's an they're, action figure. Yeah, an were, action figure. They were out of booster, <laughs> which, is, which is weird, but they had Turbo Man. We we're going to give that Turbo Man away to one lucky listener. Really, all you have to do is DM us on one of our social media accounts, whether that's Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and relate to us either your greatest triumph in the Christmas season or maybe your greatest tragedy. What was the one thing that you didn't get? As an example, one of my greatest tragedies, I asked my mother for Cal Ripken Jr. I was a big Orioles fan, still am. She gave me a magazine with Cal (laughs) Ripken Jr. on it. Now, as a five-year-old kid, I didn't quite get the concept that you could not go abduct a person and deliver him to my house. I was sad. Now, wait a minute. Is the Thunderous Wizard the child from the movie The Toy with Richard Pryor? Uh, a little bit less racist than that. <laughs> Just a tad. <laughs> but, but yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, asked, uh, I asked for Cal Ripley and I got a magazine. I didn't think it was my mom's best effort. Maybe if she would have gotten me a cardboard cutout, I'd still have it to this day. I think she should have gotten ahead of that by telling you you're not allowed to ask for people. <laughs> I that, think, yeah. That, that, that was the right parenting <laughs> move there. See, well, I can't... Now, little thunderous wizard, you can't own people. <laughs> okay, listen, I knew I wasn't, even though I knew I wasn't getting them because there was no human-sized box by the tree, <laughs> I was still disappointed when he didn't, like, knock at the door just prior to, like, you know, the end of gift opening on Christmas There, Day. there wasn't a package that kept wiggling ominously. Yeah. Ca- like, awkwardly coughing and, like, shuffling. <laughs> Let me out. (laughs) Let me out of this box. So relay to us your greatest Christmas story, present related, triumph or tragedy, because they're funny either way. Uh, And we will choose one lucky winner. And uh, you won't get the booster, of course, but you will get it's turbo time. Nice. Also, please note that it is the Spanish version. We got it from Jim Belushi. (laughs) It's turbo. Ora? Oh. Es turbo tiempo. Or yes, esta turbo tiempo. We all measured in Spanish, didn't we? Yeah. No. Jaime! That's what he, that's what he <laughs> All right, <laughs> listeners, get your uh, submissions in on DM on whatever. See if you can win yourself a turbo man. Yeah, and this is no joke. This is the, uh, it's uh, the deluxe uh, Walmart exclusive uh, turbo man. He includes three action accessories. He has electronic lights and sounds. How many yeah, points of articulation? It's by, it's, uh, <laughs> points of articulation. On your, on your looks action like figure. It's got, uh, looks like if the head swivels, I'll, I'll give it a solid nine points of articulation. Okay, that's not bad for Turbo Man. That's not yeah, bad. Hey, it looks, like it, it looks like it's got swivels on the shoulders as well and, and uh, elbows and knees and hips. But yeah, anyway... Uh, cool stuff and it's done by the funko people nice. oddly enough yeah yeah hit us up dm uh, t dubs and I mean, is there any rules around this uh, do we have a cutoff date uh, uh well we'll essentially cut it off after the new year and then we'll pick yeah. a winner we'll announce it on whatever pod comes first in season four which will be after the new year so cool all right and just like captain cash this is the deluxe 13 and a half inch version whoa that's a lot of info 
Uh, Deluxe. <laughs> true story, uh, listeners. That is Captain Cash's height. So when you see him at the cons, don't step on him. Yeah, please pick me up and put me in your pocket, though. Yes. That's why, it's so, that's why it's so easy for him to make outfits. He just buys it off the other 13 I just I just take it off the, the <laughs> other action <All>. figures. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>